This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Really nice to be so popular that you're just inundated with questions. So once again, being Friday, I'm going to do a question and answer day because I've got lots of your questions that I need to answer. And you've both called them in to 855-935-TALK, which you can call 24-7, or you can send questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. You can speak them there, and that's the way we love getting them. Yes, we'll take them written too, but we like getting them when you speak them like this. Hi, Tom and Don. My name is James. And I was hoping you could provide some general guidance on how much to contribute to a pre-tax 401k versus a Roth 401k. My wife and I are about 30 years old and make around $175,000 a year. We live in a state with no state income tax. What makes this complicated is I have a mega backdoor Roth option through my work. So if we had the funds, we could contribute around $90,000 to retirement savings every year. I'm trying to determine how much of that should go to Roth versus how much of that should go to traditional. Thanks. I look forward to hearing your conversation. Well, once again, there is no hard and fast answer because to know the right answer, you've got to know the tax future, not just the taxation future, but your taxable income future, things we cannot know. However, I think it's reasonable to make some assumptions. One is that with tax rates as low as they are for most people, it's pretty likely they won't be a lot lower and they might be higher in the future. So let's make that assumption. And it also sounds like you're an incredibly good saver and investor, which means that you will probably put away a lot of money between now and retirement. Raising the likelihood that your tax bracket in retirement will be at or similar to the bracket you're in today. So the Roth starts to look more attractive all the time. And I I got to tell you, I would lean, unless I was in a really high tax bracket currently and expected to be in a much lower tax bracket in the nearer future, I would lean more toward contributing to the Roth than to the traditional but there is no hard and fast answer. I just love the fact that the Roth is tax-free forever. Forever. And it also has some nice benefits for heirs, particularly if that heir is your spouse, in terms of it being tax-free even longer. So I'm going to err on the side of the Roth, although it probably pays to have some of both. But there's no exact formula, again, because there can't be without knowing the exact future of both tax rates and your life. Thanks so much for the question. We appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is the phone number you can use to call with a question. And let's take one that was phoned in. Hello, Tom and Don. This is John from California. 
Um, I have an extra $10,000. Would it be best for me to put it into a Roth IRA directly, or um, I have uh, I want to start moving money from my rollover IRA into the Roth? Would it be better to use that $10,000 to pay taxes on rolling over or moving the rollover IRA money uh, into the Roth itself? Thank you very much. Bye. Well, darn good job staying on topic, even though I, I know that was not intentional. They just arrived coincidentally. But um, it's a very similar question. And again, the answer, oh, I know it sounds like a cop-out, but it's really not. The answer is, it depends. It depends on the future. It depends on other circumstances, too. But it really depends a lot on the future. If you are... Uh, you're pretty sure you're going to be in a higher bracket in retirement. Then it, again, makes sense to have a Roth. It also makes sense to convert your Roth. Um, what I might do is split it a little, split the difference. Fund a Roth with some of it and then do some future tax planning with the Roth conversion and figure out how much you could, because you're going to pay taxes. That's money that's out of your pocket forever. Uh, how much you can transfer and not creep up a bracket. I don't know what your tax situation is, but you might want to sit down and just do a little calculating. Again, all things being equal, I prefer tax-free. Um, I love the fact that the, the new 10000 would go to work for you, just like the other money that's in a more traditional account. Uh, a pre-tax account is working for you. I do understand if you want to eventually convert it to a Roth, but I think that is less pressing than just getting more money invested for your future. So I might split it a little. Thank you very much for your question. And let's grab another that was sent in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form or contact page. Hey, guys. I just want to start off by saying I really appreciate everything you do and uh, keep it up. So a little bit ago, I called in and you answered my question saying to put my retirement money into VT and into Vanguard Small Cap Index Fund. And I was just curious because I have a 401k with Fidelity if you think putting it into Fidelity Small Cap Index Fund uh, would be just as good. Thank you. Now, if I remember correctly, I at least I meant to suggest Vanguard Small Cap Value Index because small cap and value are two of the market segments that have outperformed over long periods of time. So it's a great way to get both in one fund. Uh, if I just said Vanguard Small Cap Index, I apologize. I meant to say Vanguard Small Cap Value Index. Uh, although, either one, you're going to get value. You're just not going to get an overweighting to value like you would in the Value Index. Uh, I think either one is fine, but I don't think you need both. And if you just wanted to stick with Fidelity, then you can do uh, you could do three funds at Fidelity. Do their, their Total International, their Total Stock Fund, and then their Small Cap Index index, which is value and growth. Uh, but I think if you really want to get that that big boost of that small cap segment, then small cap value over at Vanguard is going to give you a little bigger kick. Or you could go with uh, with a, a, a 
more aggressive fund from someone like Avantis, but I think the Vanguard's fine. I know I, it gets confusing, right? It's confusing even for me. There are too many things that we could do, and I just keep trying to make it simpler. That's why we keep defaulting to things like VT, uh, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index ETF. It's just to make it easier. We could give you choices and we could give you complexity, but it's going to lead to failure more often than it should because we don't deal well with complex issues when we've got so much else going on in our lives. Let's take another call, shall we? At 855-935-8255-TALK. Hey, Don and Tom. Uh, my name is Ryan. I have a question for you about mutual funds. Uh, my dad passed away about seven years ago. Uh, he had 450000 in uh, Prudential, uh, PBQAX, PRUAX, and PBEAX. Uh, my mom now is uh, in possession of the mutual funds. Uh, she wants me to have them. Uh, what's the best strategy moving forward? Leave them where they're at or uh, sell them slowly to pay the least in taxes? Well, leave it to a major brokerage firm to sell somebody a bunch of trendy, overpriced funds that ended up basically underperforming for most of their history. These are ridiculously expensive. Not only did your dad pay 5.5% to get in, probably, but the fees on these things run from 9 tenths of 1% to 1.12% per year. Now, bear in mind, you're paying that, and you're not even getting advice. You're just getting mediocrity and, and not even particularly diverse portfolios. So um, I'd bail on these babies. Now, there's some good news. Your mom does get a cost basis step up to the uh, from the point where she inherited these shares, so seven years ago. So uh, it depends on when he got them, but a portion of the capital gain won't be taxed. She just has to recreate that. The, probably the best thing to do is, is uh, I'm guessing your mom is not in a very high bracket. So she may get away with negligible capital gains. And probably the best thing for her to do is to go ahead and sell those when they're in her name and then give you the money to invest as you see fit. And she can go ahead, even though you know there's the gift tax exemption of $10,000 a year, she still can go ahead and gift over and above that and just draw down her very large lifetime estate exemption. So uh, that's not a big issue. But I would have her probably, and again, depends on whose bracket is higher. She could, but the, the nice thing is, though, she gets a step up. So there will there'll be a break. Maybe not a big one, but there will be a break depending on how long he had the shares. I think she should probably sell them and give you the money. That's going to be the uh, advice in most cases. Thanks so much for the call. Let's do one more that came in at TalkingRealMoney.com via the contact page. Hello, team. This is Mary, and I want to get your thoughts on ESPPs. My husband's employer is offering an ESPP, and the purchase is about 10% off the uh the value of the stock. It is a healthcare stock. And we are looking at this as an additional option to increase our retirement savings rate. We already maxed out both of our accounts every year. 
and we wanted to see if this is a good idea. So we have not purchased any stocks yet from this company. So it is uh, yet to be decided based on what your thoughts are. Our financial advisor said, yes, it is a good idea because it's basically free money. However, I contacted another financial advisor and they said, no, it is not a good idea, especially when we already have a relatively high savings rate, which is currently at 25%. I am at my mid-30s. My husband is at his mid-40s. However, he's planning to retire at age 62. And I plan to retire about the same age as well, at 62. Our combined retirement investments are currently at 630000 And our net worth is currently at $1.2 million. We look forward to hear what your thoughts are, especially on the ESPP. And thank you so much for all that you do. We've been listening to your podcast for about more than a year. We appreciate again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for the nice comments. Thank you. That really means a lot. Uh, Okay, I'm going to play the middle again. Oh, and by the way, congratulations on doing so well, on saving so much. You're going to have a very comfortable future, so you don't need to worry about the little details as much. Now, an ESPP, for those playing along at home, is an employee stock purchase plan where an employer provides stock at a discount. The typical discount is about 10 to 15% from the market value. It's a little more complicated than that, but just to keep it simple. Now, (laughs) I agree with both advisors in a way. Uh, We at Talking Real Money are not fans of owning individual stocks, even at a discount, really. However, it is free money. You can, at least in most plans, you can sell your stock purchases in the plan. It just gives you a different kind of what's called disposition. Um, If you sell them in less than a year or two years from when the offering was created, anyway, again, it gets a little nitpicky in here. But if you held them for a while, you will have a slightly lower tax. However, by holding them for a while, you take on what we believe to be outsized risk. Sure, your shares could go way up, but they also could go way down. And there's too much risk in individual stocks. So even though you're going to pay a slightly higher tax, if you're able to, I wouldn't mind you participating, but you're going to need to sell before the qualifying disposition date. You're going to have to have a non-qualifying disposition, which will mean a little bit more in taxes, but you still end up net with free money in your pocket. So I would, it's a little complicated, not terribly. If you want to take on that slight complication and you can buy it and then immediately sell it, I think the free money is worth it. If you're going to buy it and hold it as part of your portfolio, remember, you already have a lot of capital, personal, and sweat equity in the company. 
you, you're invested plenty in the company. You need to diversify outside of that company. I would not be buying the stock to have and to hold, but I would buy it to sell it. I hope that helps. Again, I'm, I'm playing the, the, the Solomon game. I'm kind of splitting the baby because the truth is usually somewhere between the two extremes. You know, that's what cracks me up. Advisors think they have to give you an absolute answer. It's, oh, it's always this. Yes. Oh, you shouldn't do it. Oh, you should do it. And a lot of the time, it's maybe you should do it and maybe not. And that's being honest. There's no absolute in really anything. We'd like everything to be black or white, but pretty much everything in life is gray. Light gray, medium gray, dark gray. Rarely is it absolutely black or absolutely white. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. We really appreciate you being there. The more people you can tell, the better. And if your question is far more complicated than we can fit in on one of these podcasts, you have a standing invitation. And a lot of people, a lot of people have taken us up on it to spend a little time with one of our fiduciary advisors, fee-only fiduciary advisors, fee-only. We never charge commissions. Uh, but you can, you can talk with them for nothing for a while. You can have a meeting with them and go over a couple of things, even if you are an avid do-it-yourselfer. Everybody needs a little help now and then. If you want us to manage your money, then you got to pay us. We're reasonable. Boy, are we reasonable. I think it was in yesterday's podcast that I mentioned that uh, Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, has in their ADV Part 2 that they can charge up to 3% per year. Uh, we're below that, way below. And they can charge it on up to like $25 million dollars. When you get to a million dollars with that, I think we're like at three-tenths of one percent or or a tenth of what they charge. But that's that's different. If you want to meet with one of our advisors, see, I digress again, then just go to vestry.com and set up a free appointment, no obligation, no sales pitch, somebody to get in touch with you, set up an online virtual appointment. We've got offices all over the country through our affiliation, our merger with Appella Capital. So we've got great people for you pretty much everywhere, and we can really help you get a better start or solve a problem or get out of the terrible hodgepodge state you're in. Thanks again for being there. If you love what you hear, I know it's a pain sometimes, but go over to Apple Podcasts. If you don't listen there, that's okay. But get an Apple ID and leave a review there because it helps us get more people listening. And that's what we want. We want everybody to hear this as opposed to all the other garbage out there that is heavily listened to. There's some good stuff, too. Thanks again. Take good care of yourselves. I'm Don McDonald. I just hang out here in this little tiny closet talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?